The summaries this week contain two cases on state and local government. The first is Hutchinson v. Armstrong, 2022, ARC 59. The state of Arkansas administered several federal programs for pandemic relief, but later informed the federal government that it no longer wished to do so. Program benefit recipients sued the state, the governor, the director of the Department of Workforce Services, and the circuit court granted a preliminary injunction. The state filed an interlocutory appeal under Arkansas Rule of Appellate Procedure Civil 2A6. The Supreme Court, in reversing and remanding, ruled that the ground for the injunction was mooted by the change in the law, allowing the state to remove itself from participation, but noted that the appeal itself may not be moot because of a possible claim for retroactive damages. Justice Wynn concluded, We reverse and remand with instructions to enter an order stating that the grounds on which the trial court relied in entering the preliminary injunction have become moot. End of quote. The appeal involves claims for benefits of several federal aid programs promulgated in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, which were funded by the Social Security Program and expired on September 6, 2021. In May 2021, the state gave notice to the Department of Labor that it would no longer participate. The trial court had issued a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction. On appeal, the state argued that the mootness doctrine, as well as sovereign immunity, barred the lawsuit. The majority of the Supreme Court reversed because of the mootness doctrine, but gave directions for the trial court to issue further findings. While the appeal was pending, there were changes in the existing law. Quote, On August 6, 2021, while this appeal was pending, the General Assembly p- passed Act 1 of the First Extraordinary Session of 2021. Act 1 amended Arkansas Code Annotated Section 1110.312 to provide that the Director of DWS may take such action as may be necessary to secure to this state and its citizens all advantages available under the Social Security Act that relate to unemployment compensation. 2021 ARC Acts 1, Section 3. The Act also added that Section 1110.312 does not require the Director to participate in, nor preclude the Director from ceasing to participate in, any voluntary, optional, special, or emergency program offered by the United States government, including, without limitation, programs offered under the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. ID to be codified at ARC Code N Section 1110.312.C1. The Act states that it is retroactive to May 19, 2021, the date that Childers notified the DOL of the state's intent to terminate the programs. 2021 ARC Acts 1, Section 4. End of quote. Looking to the benefits sought and whether the entire appeal was moot, the Supreme Court addressed two principal issues. Quote, Appellants argue that because those programs no longer exist, appellees cannot get the relief they seek, and the trial court's order directing appellants to re-engage those programs is therefore an impossibility. Appellees contend their cause of action is not moot 
because it is possible for the state to rescind its early termination and rejoin the programs, in which case the federal government will pay for retroactive benefits for the time period in which the state did not participate. The availability of retroactive benefits after the termination of the programs is a question of fact, and we do not find facts. Without a finding about the availability of retroactive benefits, this court cannot determine whether the expiration of the programs renders this case moot. End of quote. The opinion did not decide whether sovereign immunity applied. Whether the appeal itself was mooted, quote, while the grounds for the preliminary injunction have become moot, the appeal itself is not moot because the injunction is still in place. Under these particular circumstances, because our appellate jurisdiction arises under Rule 2A6, allowing us to review the order granting a preliminary injunction, and because there remain issues that we cannot address, we decline to dismiss the appeal and underlying case as moot. Accordingly, we reverse the preliminary injunction and remand with instructions for entry of an order stating that the grounds on which the trial court relied for the preliminary injunction had become moot. End of quote. Justice Wood concurred without a separate opinion. A dissent written by Justice Womack rejoined, quote, The Arkansas Constitution provides, The state of Arkansas shall never be made defendant in any of her courts. Arkansas Constitution, Article 5, Section 20. We extend this sovereign immunity to state employees sued in their official capacities. Banks v. Jones, 2019, Arc 204 at 3. For the reasons discussed in my dissent in Thurston v. League of Women Voters of Arkansas, 2022, Arc 32, sovereign immunity bars this action against appellants in their official capacities. Accordingly, I would reverse the injunction and dismiss the action. End of quote. End of decision. In Johnson v. Wright, 2022, Arc 57, the Arkansas Supreme Court affirmed a circuit court order that denied an emergency injunction to remove three members of Eureka Springs Advertising Commission. While the plaintiffs argued the members were not qualified members, the city disagreed. Justice Hudson affirmed, quote, Appellants Tracy Johnson, Gina Rambo, James R. Rick Bright, Greg Moon, and Karen Pryor appeal the Carroll County Circuit Court's order denying their motion for an emergency injunction that sought the removal of three members of the Eureka Springs City Advertising and Promotion Commission, or CAPC. For reversal, appellants argue that, one, Appley Carol Wright's appointment to the CAPC violated Article 19, Section 3 of the Arkansas Constitution, and two, the appointments of Appley's Melissa Green and Harry Meyer to the CAPC violated Arkansas Code Annotated Section 1442107A2. We affirm. End of quote. The decision looked to statutory and constitutional provisions and concluded the trial court did not err in denying injunctive relief because it did not read the applicable statutory and constitutional authorities as prohibitive of these members. Quote, It is undisputed that Wright meets the qualifications of an elector as set forth in Article 3, Section 1. Nevertheless, 
Appellants contend that our court has construed Article 19, Section 3 as requiring a person to reside in the political subdivision that he or she seeks to serve. They therefore claim that Wright's appointment was a violation of Article 19, Section 3 and cite three cases in support of their argument. All three are distinguishable. At a minimum, each involved elective offices and not appointed positions. Moreover, in each instance, the challenged official's eligibility was inconsistent with certain statutory requirements. Here, there is no statute requiring Wright to be a resident of the city. Moreover, Wright was not seeking election to a Eureka Springs office, nor was she appointed to fill a vacancy in an elected office. Instead, she was appointed to a commissioned position that was authorized not only by statute, but also by a Eureka Springs Municipal Ordinance. Thus, the Circuit Court correctly concluded that Wright's CAPC appointment was not constitutionally prohibited. End of quote. Challenges to two other members also failed. Quote, For their second point, appellants assert that the Circuit Court erred when it determined that Green and Meyer were qualified to serve as CAPC commissioners, despite being sitting council members at the time of their appointments. Green and Meyer were appointed to the CAPC pursuant to Arkansas Code Annotated Section 2675-605-A2, which provides that two members of the commission shall be members of the governing body of the municipality and selected by the governing body and shall serve at the will of the governing body. Appellants contend that Green's and Meyer's appointments violate Arkansas Code Annotated Section 1442-107-A2, which provides that a council member should not be appointed to any municipal office except in cases provided for in this subtitle during the time for which he or she may have been elected. End of quote. The opinion reasoned further, quote, when statutes seemingly conflict, it is black-letter law for statutory construction to give effect to the specific statute over the general. First, although Section 1442107A2 prohibits city council members from being appointed to another municipal office while they are serving on a city council, it is a statute of general ap- applicability. Arkansas Code Annotated Section 2675 605A2 is more specific to the issue in this appeal, and it not only allows the appointments of council members to an advertising and promotion commission, but it also requires them. End of quote. Justice Wood concurred and added, quote, I joined the majority decision, but write separately because I'm frustrated with our court's inconsistent use of the rules of constitutional interpretation. For decades, this court has used mixed phrases to explain how we interpret unambiguous words in our Constitution. Sometimes we have said words should be given their obvious and natural meaning. Other times we have said words must be given their plain, obvious, and common meaning. Still other times the court has dropped the word plain and used only the phrase obvious and common meaning. The court has not explained these interpretative shifts. But here we do not need to search for the meaning of electors because the drafters of the Constitution define the term in another section, telling us precisely what that word originally meant. 
Thus, we should not misguide practitioners with the belief that we are looking for the obvious and common meaning. Rather, we must apply the original meaning the drafters gave us. End of quote. End of decision.